Emma Sells. Yes, sir. So glad that you are here. <laughs> we am so honored to have you as a guest. One of the very first guests. So excited to have you with us. Incredibly honored. So Emma, recently, I don't even remember what really sparked this. I think we were just talking about some movies that we enjoyed. Mm-hmm. We decided to rank our favorite movies of all time. Yeah. To throw them all on a big list and order <laughs> them by what is our favorite movies of all time. You got it. That was a task. It was. <laughs> it took me a minute. It took me a minute. The, I just, there were so many movies that I just forgot about. And I just didn't put them in my original list. Same. And my list is honestly far from from complete. There's some good ones on here, but I know that I'm missing yeah. some. I just don't know what they are. Absolutely. Well, what I'm, I'm most curious about, what is your 11th <laughs> favorite movie of all time? My 11th favorite. Well, it took me a minute to get the top 10, and I ultimately got to 12. But... I think my number 11 would have to be the third Harry Potter movie. The third Harry Potter movie. Now, let me explain. So it's not quite good enough to be in the top 10, but it's right on the edge. And it pains me to say it because if you know me, you know that I love Harry Potter. But the top 10 movies are just so good that it just didn't make the list. Like, I love Harry Potter. And the third one is probably the best one out of the entire series, but just couldn't top it. I don't even know if that's a bold statement though, because I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. No, no, we can't can't be friends. (laughs) I don't don't know if saying the third one's a bold statement though, if that's the best one. We're gonna have to work on that. We definitely have to watch all the Harry Potter movies now. I don't know about that. I once watched in one weekend, it's 19 hours. Me and my two college best friends, we watched all of the Harry Potter movies. How many are there that make up the 19 hours? So there are, there's seven, well, there's seven movies, but the last one is two parts. So there's technically eight movies. Okay. So they're like two and a half hours each. Yeah. But it was terrible because I love Harry Potter, but can you imagine sitting in one place for like 19 hours? It was terrible. Yeah. It's called a plane to Vietnam. (laughs) Yeah, I, I suppose so. I love Harry Potter, but like. Ooh, my body was hurt in. It was heaven and hell is what I'm trying to say. It was great, but it was terrible at the same time. Wow. <laughs> Harry Potter. Third <laughs> one, specifically. Yep, I would have to say. Do you want to know what my top one is? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you gotta leave I'm that gonna, clip Can I here. say it anyway? That's gonna get edited out. <laughs> oh, okay, well, if you're listening to this... I might leave this... that part in there. <laughs> I might say, do you want to know what my top one is? It's gonna get edited out. Transition. <laughs> Okay, well, if Dylan, if you're in the editing process and you're deciding on deleting this, don't. And everyone needs to watch the sh- the movie. I'm it's totally great. gonna edit. <laughs> They're never gonna know about this movie. Okay, whatever. It's not my oh, podcast. <laughs> Emma, so we met in 2017. It was a freezing cold evening crazy parking some high school football fans parking their cars out by the uni dome first time i ever met you and you were telling me that you had some big summer plans in store for you that summer that would have been the summer of 2018 what what happened to those plans yeah you you got me so i very specifically remember for two years 
uh, really just feeling like the nagging to go overseas with the cell company. And every year being like, nope, that's not for me. I would never do that. That's not, that's not me. And I had just got hired into a position in uh, student support services at UNI, which is a very like student focused position. And so I thought, I'm like well known on campus now. Um, I have been through Jumpstart, which is another orientation uh, through UNI. And I thought, I think I would be a great candidate to be on summer orientation staff at UNI. So I got recommended by some like pretty key staff at UNI. And I was like, this is it. I had a great interview. I knew the interviewees, like I knew them personally. So I was like, there's no way that I'm not gonna be on summer orientation staff. And I had full plans to do that. Why, you might ask? <laughs> well, it's pretty simple. I wanted to have my name known on UNI's campus. I'm gonna be quite honest. I fooled myself into thinking that it was for the students, but it definitely wasn't. Like it was definitely for my own pride, which has been a continual sin struggle in my life. So at the time, on that rainy day, volunteering for Salt Company, I said that I really wanted to be on some orientation staff, and I knew for a fact that I was gonna, gonna, gonna get on it because my interview was great, I had all of the potential, and I was not gonna go overseas because that sounds terrible and doesn't look like me. I can't envision myself overseas. So I remember that I had just met you, Dylan, and to be honest, I don't think that I would ever talk to you ever again. Like I literally, like I was talking to you and like trying to make conversation, like not trying to make it awkward because like- We're out there for four hours. Yeah, four hours in like the rain and drizzle and it's like, you have to, it's, it'd be awkward if we just stood there silent the entire time. So I was like, okay, like I've never seen this guy before. Like let's just make the best out of these four hours. And I just spilled my guts about orientation staff and overseas. But I remember that you said, I asked you if you would ever go overseas and you said, oh yeah, absolutely. And that's my, that's my Dylan impression. Oh yeah, absolutely. We'll see what the- You betcha. <laughs> you betcha, absolutely. <laughs> I say that way too much. Yeah, yep. Mm -hmm. So that's the story and look where we are now. I went overseas. So we end up spending the summer of 2018 together in a foreign country known as Vietnam. <laughs> How would you summarize your experience in that country? It was so good. I like I grew years in my faith and I had heard everyone say that going overseas themselves that the same thing had happened to them. We had a blast. Like we did some really fun stuff. Um, at the same time, <laughs> going through some very uncomfortable <laughs> things. Um, you know, health issues, <laughs> um, relationship conflict. You're only with seven other Americans for two months, every moment of every day. So there's bound to be some kind of conflict and you really just understand like how sinful of a person you are when you're forced to just sit with it. And so while I was spending two hours, literally every morning in the Bible, like being with the Lord, I was also learning about everything that I fell short on and how the gospel is just so sweet while also like proclaiming that message to our Vietnamese friends. So the sweetest summer, you come back with some amazing stories. That's for sure. But, and you don't, it's, it's kind of like when you are like giving birth, <laughs> like it sucks for like a long time. 
But then once the baby is born, it's like, you don't remember any of it. I would never have compared my Vietnamese experience to giving birth to children. <laughs> That's what it is. That's a Wouldn't new you one. Agree? Wouldn't you agree that? It was difficult. It yeah. was a tough summer. Labor is difficult. <laughs> yeah, I bet. But now it's <laughs> Can't your... speak about it. <laughs> now, it's your... now it's your baby and you love it so much and you only have good things to say about it. I love the country of Vietnam. We do. I do too. I love it. It's a fun country. Mm-hmm. Well, Emma, I know you pretty well. We spent, like we said, we spent that summer together overseas. Now I'm down here in Gainesville, side by side here in this great city, hanging out quite a bit. But there, I'm sure there will be a lot of people listening to this that don't know who you are. So give us a little bit of an intro. Who is Emma Sells? What do you do for a living? What do you enjoy doing? Um, yeah, so my name is Emma. I am from Centerpoint, Iowa. Go Storm and Pointers. Dylan gives me crap about the mascot. But you put a dog in a tornado. I will always defend <laughs> my, my pointers. And I went to the University of Northern Iowa in, um, with a degree in family services. Uh, also, go Panthers. Bleed purple and yellow. Go Hawks. <laughs> Dylan graduated from UNI and still he says All go. I claim is a diploma and some good <laughs> friends. Well, go Panthers. That's all I'm going to say about that. I really loved in college, I was part of this thing called Panther Pep Crew. And I, um, you've probably seen those college students wearing those like really outrageous, like striped overalls. And I was one of them. And I wore a purple uh, tutu, purple tutu. And love that. I just, you know, you get the first row reserved in every athletic event. I love being a cheerleader. That's all you do. And watching athletic events. So. It was amazing, and also was heavily influenced in the salt company, which is why I moved to Gainesville to see God's uh, word proclaimed and also to help start the salt company. And yeah, so I moved to Gainesville a little over a year ago to help start the church, and I have been working for the University of Florida as an academic success coach for, well, since November. Really love it. Very student-focused. Love my students. I just work for them, essentially. And now on Monday, I will be starting my master's program for school counseling. I'm super excited for it. So something that we do on this podcast, as you know, is we ask our guests two questions every time. We start with one at the beginning and we close with one at the end. And so the first one that we ask is what has God been teaching you through his word over the past couple of days? During your your times of studying the Bible, what has God been teaching you through that time? Yeah, so the past couple of weeks, I have just been wrestling with God's character, really, and asking him the question, God, how can I pray for things not knowing if you're going to answer them or not? Can I really pray for safety and security if it's not promised at all? Because in fact, Jesus promises suffering. <laughs> and so just really wrestling with like, God, are you good? Are you good? Like, I think you're good, but are you good if like really bad things happen in this world? And I'm going through Genesis right now, and a lot of seemingly bad things happen. Um, God destroys Sodom and Gomorrah. A lot of people in Sodom and Gomorrah. Uh, Abraham's wife Sarah just died. Abraham, following God's command, was about to sacrifice his own son Isaac. So really, just like yeah, asking like God, like how could you ask someone to do that? But through his grace for me, he has really just been showing me, like, I will never leave a grave a grave. I will always turn it into a garden. And Jill, you know that I love that song. 
So yeah, him just saying like if and the fact that God purposes everything, like everything. If any bad things happens, he purposed it. So just wrestling with that, like, God, how can you make bad things happen? But he's been teaching me that every bad thing is ultimately good because he is good. He is no evil in him. So even if I were to die not knowing what good came from a specific situation, I know that it was purposed for good. And But for weeks, just not understanding. But finally coming to that conclusion the past couple days has been really good. And I think that I know God more and love him more after wrestling with them. I think Christians often um, fear doubt, but I think doubt can always be a good thing if you do it right I would say that's something we spent a lot of time talking about in the first episode with Lucas was this joyful mindset that we can go through life with and Emma that's something that that I love about you is that a word that just defines you is joy encouragement joy those things are just radiate from you and so even as you are wrestling through these very real questions that you have going on in your life the past couple of weeks. Whenever we've hung out, you're not coming over here with this cloud over your head. You're coming over here joyfully singing as you walk in the door, <laughs> greeting me and saying hello in, in such a fantastic way. And it, you just have this ability to brighten a person's day by just opening your mouth and speaking words to them. And so has that, has that just always been the case for you? Like where, where does that come from? <laughs> well, first of all, I really appreciate that, Dylan. That is music to my ears. We love words of affirmation. I would think that it's kind of always been that way, but I very specifically remember it at least starting to define my character when I was actually diagnosed with cancer my mm-hmm. freshman year of high school. And I remember that my pastors had told me, um, I was about to, I remember that I was about to go into surgery and they came in like thinking that it was going to be like solemn, but I was like, bro let's do this like let's get surgery done let's let's do this and they told me that they were encouraged by the joy that I had sitting in a hospital bed like with an IV in my arm but I've just I don't know how to explain it I it's not hard for me to choose joy since we're image bearers God's character is shown through all of us and I think everyone has some kind of defining characteristic that shows his glory and I think that he has given me the gift of joy to show that he is the most joyful being in the universe and so i'm super excited to go through psalm 100 today because we get to be i don't i don't think you understand dylan i'm amped to glorify his name today because even though it's five verses god being the most joyful person the entire psalm is about just like shouting joyfully that he is lord and that's the anthem of my life and so i'm so so excited to do this well speaking of psalm 100 you got it open there. Let's do it. Would you please read the five verses of Psalm 100, which is what we'll be working through together today? You got it. Verse one. Let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his, his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. His faithfulness through all generations. 
So Psalm 100, mm-hmm. clearly about thankfulness and gratitude, just as you said. And Emma, we've touched on it. This is something that you embody so well. Is this heart of joy that bleeds out into thanksgiving and gratitude. So what exactly does that look like for you on a day-to-day basis to be this thankful, radiant with joy person? I think that I think a lot about Candeo Church's mission statement, which is the church that we grew, well, not didn't really grow up with, but the church that stems from Cedar Falls Salt Company. Uh, And their mission statement is helping people find their greatest joy in Jesus. Not just a joy, but their greatest joy. I think about that a lot. I think, do I go throughout a day, what do I find my joy in? At the end of the day, can I honestly say that Jesus is it? Most times not, (laughs) and that's an issue. I think that when you fully realize who God is, it's not hard to be joyful in Him. There are so many facets of His character that are just too good for us to be meh about. I should be so excited about Him all the time. That's exactly what we see here in verse 1, is let the whole earth shout triumphantly to God. He says the whole earth. He's not even just saying just Christians shout triumphantly to the Lord. He's not saying just staff members of certain churches to jump to, to shout triumphantly to the Lord. He's saying the entire earth shout triumphantly. It makes me think of uh, the song, So Will I. Uh, there are some lines in there, you know, the rocks cry out, uh, the oceans roar your praises. And I think that is so true to see the ways uh, that the entire earth will be shouting triumphantly to the Lord. Amen, brother. I like the the words shout triumphantly. Triumphant means victorious. So I think about a memory that we both share. I don't think I saw you there, but uh, you and I versus Iowa State volleyball match. What a game. Five matches. Very close. One game, one match went 40 to 38. And when you and I won the McLeod Center, it erupted. The energy was unmatched. That, that was fun. That is a shout triumphant. And so think about that energy. That is what we are to bring to the Lord, according to Psalm 100. That's insane. <laughs> I never thought I would put a volleyball match. In probably my top three attended sporting events of all time. Mm-hmm. But that night was incredible. What? Like, I'm talking about competing with <laughs> Iowa football games. And that night was top three. Top three sporting event that I have ever been to. Incredible. So moving to, to verse two here. It says, serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. And that first line there, I love the little touch that he adds on there with gladness to serve the Lord with gladness. I think for myself, I fall into this, this mindset sometimes of it just being like a duty or an obligation to serve the Lord. It's not something that I do with joy. It's not something that I'm doing with just an overflow of gratitude within my heart. I've been working on it, doing my best. And I think a great outlet for that is, is our parking team. Hmm. on Sunday mornings. A few of us get out there and and we're parking cars. And it it would be so easy to go into those Sunday mornings and just think, I'm just parking cars. I'm just standing out here pointing someone where to park. Mm -hmm. And I've been challenged with this idea that we can create an inviting, encouraging worship experience by the smallest of things that we do for the church. Mm -hmm. I remember someone back in Cedar Falls told me, you can think about it either as you're just pouring coffee or you are serving a, a cup of coffee to someone that will help energize and wake them up so that they can better 
worship and praise the Lord. And so now I think of, okay, I can go out there and park cars with a smile on my face through a mask. Emma can be out there doing her dances, inviting people in as the very first person that they see representing Salt Church. We can create this welcoming experience, even out in the parking lot in our grassy lot at the Oaks Church, to do it with gladness. Amen. I think enthusiasm is so infectious if you want it to be. And if we're serving God with gladness, aren't more people going to want to do that? That reminds me of tactical team. I don't think I once woke up in the morning to go set up church at 6 a.m. and was necessarily glad about it. But it was something that people had to do. And since I was serving my God, you should be glad about it. You have the privilege to serve God. I don't know if you want to keep this next part in here, but I'm going to do it anyway. So the second part of verse two. Hit me with Come before him. (laughs) Come before him with joyful songs. And we're talking about daily tasks that I do to be joyful. I'm not going to lie to you. I have many impromptu songs in my my brain of times that I have just been so thankful to God that I decided I was going to sing about it. This was a song written by me spontaneously last week about when I had a really good conversation with a student. And I said, Dear Lord, thank you so much for this great conversation. I really love this student. and I'm so glad that you have (laughs) something to the effect of that. I hope this student hears that and knows (laughs) that that song was written about them. Well, hey, it says come before the Lord with joyful songs. That's a joyful song right there. That's pleasing to the Lord's ear, even if it is off key, I would say. But you're right to appear before the Lord, to come before him with joyful songs. I think too many of us, and I was, I was guilty of this, especially as a baby Christian, um, to just come before him with my hands in my pocket, barely mouthing the words on a Sunday morning and just being so stricken with the fact of exactly what we've talked about, about the attributes of God that he embodies that are so worthy of being praised. How could you show up on a Sunday morning knowing who God is and not just shout triumphantly to him. How could you not just be moving around to the beat of the music, praising him, shouting these words out, singing it over the people around you? For sure, something that I was guilty of in the past is just showing up, throwing the hands in the pocket. Okay, when do we get to the sermon? When do we get done with the second set of worship so that I can get home and watch the Vikings play? Like that was that was totally me. And But that has just been totally radically shaped uh, by the ways that God has been good to me. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely the type to have the arms in the air as much as possible during worship. It's the easiest form of being joyful to me. So, cannot relate, but I, I really do dig that done. Yeah, to come before the Lord with joyful songs. To come before Him because He is so worthy of the praises that we can ascribe to Him, the worship that we can give with our mouths. And so, um, but yeah, I love what you do too on a daily basis to come before him, even just with songs that you make up on the fly, but because you so want to praise his name, you think, how could I not make a song about this? How could I not just be praising God and singing to him with my words right now because of what he just did for me? Sometimes just saying these things doesn't really cut it for me. I was just sharing with Dylan that sometimes I get so excited that it literally just bubbles out of me and I can't control it. Like I literally just like sometimes high high pitch squeal and like dance because I can't hold it in any longer. So singing just does it for me. Singing is good. We love that. Moving forward here in verse three, it says, Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. 
his people, the sheep of his pasture. So as we look at verse three here, how does the knowledge and truth that we are his people, that we are his sheep, how does that contribute to your heart of thankfulness? This is like, how could you not just jump up for joy on this one? Like, I just think there's something so unique and powerful about the fact that like, God did not have to make you in the first place, but he did just as you are. At some point he was like, in the year of 1997, I'm going to create Emma Cells, and she is one day going to move to Gainesville and she is one day going to do all these things. He didn't have to make me in the first place, let alone like how I am or let alone the fact that I even know him in the first place. So the fact that I am not just Emma Cells, but I am his, bro, what? Like, makes me want to sing a joyful song. <laughs> Look at that, Appl- yeah. applying, applying our passage already. <laughs> Application points. So then we, we are his. I just think about how good of a dad he is, Abba Father. And I think that my earthly dad just does a really good job of showing me what God is like, even though he's just a taste of fatherly love on earth. Um, My dad is someone who hugs me for 10 plus minutes until I'm done crying. And I feel so safe and I feel so loved by that. I think of my dad showing up for any sporting event, any play that I'm in. He doesn't enjoy plays, but he still comes to them because he loves me and supports me. I think of the fact that he never breaks his promises. If he says the words, I promise, he's going to do that and I can trust that he will. And so all of those things are still true of God. He never breaks his promises, even thousands of years long promises. He is here at all times for me when I'm crying, when I'm down. I can trust in him and I know that he is a comforting spirit. And so the fact that I am his, sign me up. I will be joyful all the days of my life knowing that I am literally the daughter of the king of the universe. I wear a crown on my head at all times because I am the king's daughter. That is something to sing about. And that is why I'm so joyful because what a beautiful truth. It just makes me, makes me want to cry. <laughs> you can take the best earthly father that there is in the entire world. You could find the one that gives the best gifts, the one that shows up to absolutely everything that you have that provides for you in the best of ways. And to think about the fact that we have a heavenly father that does all of that, does it more, does it even better, and does more than we could ever even think of, just blows my mind. The fact that we are his, we are made in his image, that we are his sheep for his pasture. There's just so much in there. Yeah, that's so good. That's such a good truth. Where are my hallelujahs at? Hallelujah. Verse four here says, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And so just in line with everything that we've just looked at in these first three verses here, continuing on in verse four, to enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. So as we wind down here, as we, as we wrap up Psalm 100, what do you think are some things that we can do on a day-to-day basis to be more thankful, to be more grateful on a consistent basis? So yeah, this is actually a practice that the secular world has really been about recently and is starting to implement. Uh, and it's this practice of gratitude, which is what this whole Psalm is about. And so there are actually quite a few research studies that have talked about the impact of just saying what you're grateful for. And there's studies that show that people who practice gratitude on a regular basis are actually more happy and less depressed. And even when paired with counseling, participants have 
got better results. Not That doesn't replace counseling, but gratitude plus counseling, they get better results from that. And so what does that look like? Well, even if it just means writing down five things you're grateful for every day, that's brain science. Your brain starts to change. And I think God been new that that changes your brain. That's why he wants us to do it also for the sake of his glory. And so right before I go to bed, thinking of five things I'm grateful for, Today, I'm thankful for safe driving, my purple pen, this podcast, great pad thai from Ichiban Sushi, shout out, can I be sponsored? And also just the chance to laugh today. I think the more you practice this, the more the more nuanced your gratitude is gonna be, the more um, abstract your thoughts about what God has given you will be. And you're gonna be ultimately more thankful and more in love with the Lord and with your general mindset, I think, I have really seen my mindset change from a mindset of drudgery and death, like in the flesh, like in Romans 8, shout out. Um, Because this world is hard, and it's hard to see God's glory a lot of times. When you're thankful for what God has given you, He has literally made this whole entire earth, just like the psalm said. It shouts triumphantly to the Lord. And so there are things to be grateful for, and once you practice that very intentionally, I think you'll see that God is good. Yeah, that's actually something that I've been trying to implement on a daily basis. I'm not even close to doing it every single day, but to wake up in the morning and the first thing that I do is to write down, what I've been doing is three things that I'm thankful for. Three things that I am grateful for, either from the previous day or something coming up in that day. And what I have noticed in the days that I do it, I'm just realizing more and more of the things around me that I can be grateful for. It gets me into that thankful mindset from the very beginning of the day that it just it it permeates everything that I do throughout the day yes and so I just I really just need to see that goodness that comes out of it and continue to do that every single day because it is such a good practice to be in I even think of taking some time out of every single day and just texting someone and telling that person that I am grateful for them for whatever it might be maybe it was a conversation that we recently got to have Maybe it was a good good restaurant that we just tried together and I'm thankful that we went together. Or maybe it's just I'm grateful for their friendship. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for who they, who they are to me, who they have been to me. And so, man, that's even just something that I want to start doing, even just tomorrow, is to, even tonight, to, to text someone and say, hey, I'm grateful for you. I'm so thankful for our friendship, our relationship that we have, to really get us into that thankful mindset because I think that even more will just get us to this point of being able to see more and more of the things around us that we can be thankful to God for. Those things that we can shout triumphantly to God, that we can serve him even more with gladness to come before him with joyful songs because of the ways that we are seeing things that we can be grateful for within our lives that have come from him, including the fact that we are his, that he is God, that we are his people. He made us the sheep of his pasture. I think that's a great thing to celebrate. That's a word. Emma, as you know, on this podcast, we ask our guests uh, the same two questions every single every single episode. We ask the first one at the beginning of what have you been learning through God's word over the past few days? And Psalm 100 verse 5 gives us a great transition into our second question that we ask everyone. Verse 5 says, For the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever, his faithfulness throughout all generations. Amen. And so the, uh, the entire idea of the podcast is proclaim. And so from Psalm 34, verse 3, which is what we went over in the first episode with Lucas, it says, Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me. Let us exalt his name together. 
verse 8 of Psalm 34 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. How happy is the person who takes refuge in him. So Emma, how have you seen God's greatness in your life over the past couple of days? Where can I join in with you in exalting his name, in tasting and seeing that the Lord is good, and ultimately, where can I come alongside you and proclaim? Um, yeah, I would say, man, what I said in the beginning of the podcast, it's been so good. I have not felt like myself recently. I'm not typically a grumpy person, but I've just felt down in the dumps. Again, just wrestling because my God, I, I've, I've been seeing a warped view of who I thought my God was, but even yesterday, he just kind of closed the book on that. And so we can be grateful for him, for him answering my prayer that I would just know and love him more even through wrestling, through doubt. He has been good, and I feel like I love him more than I did before, just knowing that everything that he does is good. His, his purposed for good. Yeah, everything that God does is for good, and I'm reading through Genesis, and it's just common theme of God being good, and it all ends in chapter 50. Joseph has been sold into slavery by his brothers, but eventually he's like the third in command of Egypt or something like that. Uh, chapter 50, verse 20, he tells his brothers, you planned evil against me. God planned it for good to bring about the present result, the survival of many people. Joseph went through some hardship, but God meant it for good. No matter what evil people can do to you, what Satan can throw at you, God means it for good. God will mean it for good. And I just want to end with this, Zechariah 3.17. It says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exult over you with loud singing. So if God is rejoicing over you with loud singing, that's an image. God is the most joyful being in the universe and he is loudly singing. I'm sure on key. But I would love to just end this time with some loud singing, exulting over him. Thank you, Lord, for this podcast. Thank you, Lord, with some clapping. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you, Lord. And that's a mic drop. <laughs> Man, Emma, I can think of no one better to have brought in to speak on thanksgiving, gratitude, shouting triumphantly to the Lord, serving him with gladness. Man, I just want to come alongside you and proclaim with you that God is good, even mm -hmm. the times when we are going through suffering, physical affliction, illnesses, diseases, whatever we are going through. You're sitting in your hospital bed with cancer. Bring on surgery. Let's let's do it. Let's get it done. That no matter how difficult life is, and then on the opposite end, no matter how good life is at the time, no matter how comfortable it may be, no matter how, how much money is in the bank account, God is good in both of those circumstances. And so I just want to come alongside you and proclaim God's greatness with you, to exalt his name with you, to taste and see that the Lord is good. So Emma, we thank you so much for joining us. We have had such a blast. It has been so good. We're so grateful for your appearance on here. Thanks Dylan, this was so much fun.